more. You ever feel like there's got to be more? People often feel like there should be something more to their life. Uh, Our consumeristic culture encourages us to want more. Uh, We're urged to reach for the stars, go for the gusto, to be all you can be, and to just do it. There's always something else, something better, someone who has done more, better, faster, and we're rarely satisfied with, with where we are in our lives, our relationships, our careers, or even our faith. Now, I, I want to be clear. I, I'm not defending laziness, um, a careless mediocrity, or lethargic complacency. But I am concerned that in our Instagram, Snapchat culture, we hold on to this impression that everything in life should be amazing. Even on television, um, we see people who seem to be always beautiful, always put together, always moving forward in their lives. It's as if everything that is presented to the outside is perfectly posed, uh, especially enjoyable, and full of never-ending accomplishment. It's a presentation of the myth of progress. And it's not real. Nor is it healthy for us, physically or spiritually. I think of, uh, I think of this attitude that, that every moment has to be better than the last. That there's just this extensive and everything keeps getting better and better and better until we reach some enlightened form of awesomeness. And then, and then we have fully arrived. And this mindset is particularly harmful to the life of faith because it turns us away from trusting in Jesus and his power. And it focuses us on our inadequacies, but not just in the sense of focusing on our inadequacies to say, you know, look at what God has done, but it focuses on our inadequacies so that we can strive in our power to do and to be more. I read a a Pew Research study a while ago that said that most people who go to church, they go to church in order to feel closer to God. They want more. And, And that seems like a pretty good thing. I mean, I would like to feel closer to God. Although I'm not sure what my feelings have to do with God's actual proximity. Do you hear what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That maybe the feeling isn't the thing because maybe it's enough that Jesus has promised, I am with you always. Or to hold on to the promise that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is is always with us. But there's this sense that we have to feel it. And that feeling will be awesome. And, and then I'll know. 
I actually wonder if we felt God's presence with us, would it really be that awesome? You know, I, I, I think about Isaiah when he entered into the temple and he saw God enthroned. Do you remember what he said? Woe is me. He's like, I'm a dead man. Even in our Old Testament lesson today, there's like this, this awe that the leaders of Israel, they saw God up on the mountain and they weren't killed. You know, the disciples in, in, the, in the gospel reading, they heard God's voice. Hey, God's near. And what did they do? They buried their faces in the dirt because they were terrified until the vision was over and Jesus comes and touches them and says, don't be afraid. In our gospel lesson today, we read about Jesus being transfigured in front of three of his disciples. Have you ever heard of something being called a, a mountaintop experience? I'm pretty sure that this is where the phrase comes from. You know, our, our culture is still heavily influenced by Scripture. And, and this is definitely a mountaintop experience. And, and, and so Jesus goes up on the mountain, and he took Peter and James and John with him. And while he was there, he was transfigured. His appearance changed. He shone with, with godly glory. And two heroes of the faith, Moses and Elijah, appeared and they spoke with Jesus. This is a moment of awe. This is, this is something that's just absolutely amazing. This is a moment that shows us that there actually is more. More to Jesus than meets the eye. And then the voice comes, this is my beloved son. Now that's a revelation with whom I am well pleased, listen to him. And the next thing that the disciples know, Jesus is back to normal. And the more is tucked away behind a warning. Don't tell anybody about this until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Was Jesus any less divine when he walked down the mountain after this transfiguration thing that happened? No. But you'd be sore pressed to see it when you looked at him. And I think that this tells us something important about how God works. That there's more. But often the only way to see it is by faith. Yesterday, I did a memorial service. I'm going to do another one on Wednesday. Outwardly, these moments where we confront death, they give the world the, the, the impression that this, this life, uh, these bodies, these moments are all there is. There's even an acronym for this opinion. Maybe you've heard it, Y-O-L-O, -O, YOLO. You only live once. Don't ever say that. You sound silly when you say that. And in my experience, the people who go, YOLO, are usually about to do something stupid. <laughs> but 
when we look at the person in the casket, there is a sense that the world gets that you only live once. But faith sees something else when we're confronted by the body in the casket. Because Jesus died and rose for you, you can see that moment differently. You will indeed die. I'm sorry for the bad news. But nevertheless, you live forever. Even now is part of living forever because you have Jesus' life in you. Faith opens our eyes to see more. More than the world sees. Consider your baptism for a moment. Outwardly, it looks like water, some kind of ritual washing. But in truth, Jesus' words combined with that plain water, we get it from the tap in the back. It's a mix from the, the hot water spigot and the cold water so that it's you know, not freezing and not scalding. It's pretty boring, actually. But when God's word comes attached to it, it's a washing of regeneration. You ever think about that? Regeneration? A, a, a coming to life again? It's a, a flood of renewal, bringing the forgiveness of sins and, and everlasting life. And, you know, it just looks like this cute moment when you got that little baby there in your arms. And, but there's so much more. Or the Lord's Supper which we're going to receive here in a little bit. We see bread and wine. It's not even good bread or good wine. But there's more. Because Jesus' words with the bread and the wine deliver his body and his blood to us for the forgiveness of our sins. We receive a foretaste of the feast to come in this, this heavenly banquet and this eternal celebration of, of God's salvation. Faith opens our eyes to see something more than mere religion. You know, a lot of people, they, they look at the Christian faith and, well, one more religion among so many others. They're all the same. And in a sense, they can be all the same. Because all religions, eventually, they talk about doing things and offering things and obeying in order to appease some God so that that God will then do something good for you or, or not smite you. And there are people who approach Christianity that way. And, and, and maybe it's you. And maybe there's something here that you need to think about. Because what's happening here is ultimately not about what you do what you offer, how, how well you obey these commandments. Because at the end of the day, when we think about how well we obey, we're deluding ourselves. But here, when we come together, we experience something different. God, the creator of the universe, does his work in us. He meets us here in order to forgive our sins, in order to cleanse us, in order to make us his own. He offers. He offers his son. 
He offers eternal life through faith in him. He offers his spirit to be at work in us. He comes and Jesus obeys the Father on our behalf, even to the point where he would go to the cross and die in our place. So while the religions of the world are about doing, offering, and obeying, our God does, offers, and obeys himself for us on our behalf. Faith sees a creator who longs for a relationship with his creatures, who loves us, who acts to reconcile us to himself. But even here, that's hard to see when you think about how God reconciled us to himself. You know, there's a a moment at the beginning of the service where I stand there and we confess our sins. It's one of my favorite moments. And, And there's something special for me that you don't get. Because I stand in that shiny, pretty cross there. I can see my reflection in it as I confess my sins. But that shiny, pretty cross doesn't really look like the cross that Jesus died on. And it doesn't represent the blood and the pain and the abandonment that Jesus experienced. Not rightly. We see it this way after the resurrection, after we know that our forgiveness has been won. But in the moment, cross of Christ just looked like a tragedy of senseless political violence. But now, after the resurrection, we look at the cross and we see the power of God for our salvation. That we have life through Jesus' death. There's got to be more. And there is. But how will you recognize it? Will you look with the world's eyes for whatever the world thinks is more? Will it be in some kind of a mountaintop experience? You know, I've been walking in this Christian faith for about 47 years now, and I can only think of a handful of mountaintop experiences. And frankly, they get harder. It gets harder to be impressed as the time goes on. I don't think it's the mountaintop experiences. I think we learn to recognize that there's more by listening to the Son, just as the Father said to do on the mountain. The Son who tells us about God's love, who tells us that God has mercy for sinners who tells us your sins are forgiven, who gives us peace through his words, whose words deliver salvation, all from God and for you. You We say we live by grace. That word grace in Greek is related to the word gift. And that's what all of this is a gift that God gives to you. And then through you, 
he gives you the opportunity to tell others about Jesus, to give this gift to them so this work can be done in them as well. It's a great and glorious thing to know that there is more. Amen.